Hi everybody, I'm Dennis Prager and welcome to my home. It really is my home. Everything about this is unrehearsed, spontaneous, fun and serious, and serious and fun. It depends on the order you prefer. The old fireplace is working away. It is great to be with you almost every week. We put out one of these fireside chats. I'm very proud to say, but proud isn't really, the, and I take that back. I'm very happy to say, and I'll explain the difference, that uh, we have now a million views uh, per week. And the reason I'm happy and not, uh, the, the, the pride part was, a, it, was a, it was an honest mistake because that's not how I think. I think about, and I have since I was a kid, how can I influence people in good ways? That's all I ever wanted to do with my life. That's why I didn't run for office, although I thought of running for office many times. And that is I'm completely uninterested in having power. My whole philosophy of life is that we shouldn't have power over other people anyway. I'm, I'm I love the founders who thought the founders of the United States believed in limited government. They didn't like power either. They don't trust power. All, I've, I've wanted to be influential, but not powerful. That's, that's, and a lot of people who run for office, not all, want to be powerful. They love it. It's, it's sort of a, it's, it's like a, an adrenaline rush to have this power over other people. It, it, uh, it does nothing for me, to be honest. So if this is getting more and more influential, that's my dream. Because there's a lot that is not taught, and it's called wisdom. The universities and the high schools and the elementary schools no longer teach wisdom. I want to talk to you today about a wisdom issue, if you will. And uh, my outlook on what has happened to much of the Western world, and especially the United States, but not only the United States. A lot of, of Americans are devoid of a transcendent identity. This sounds very fancy. It's not. So I'll use me as an example because you know me and I know me. So what other example will I use? <laughs> I grew up with two very, very, very strong transcendent identities, American and Jew. The Jewish was the religious and the American was the national. This filled my heart and filled my soul and filled my mind, it filled me with meaning. I had two enormously significant identities and they were rocks of Gibraltar, to use an old phrase, in my life. Having a, sen a sense of purpose animated by those two identities, plus of course, it gave me a community, an American community and a Jewish community, often similar people, but nevertheless, two communities. They have been, to this day, to this day, they fill me with meaning. America, American means more than, it doesn't mean ethnicity, it never did. With all the, the racist beliefs that existed in America and everywhere else on earth, by the way, 
with all of them, America was never founded as an ethnicity. It was founded as an idea. And it's the American idea. So too, the Jews were founded on an idea. That's, they're, they're both idea-based people. That's why you can convert, any ethnicity can convert to either group. A black person, a white person, a, a, a yellow person, any ethnicity, any race can become a Jew. Any ethnicity, any race can become an American. So I really had two transcendent idea-based identities. The American Christian, of whom there are far more, of course, than American Jews, the exact same thing. They had an American national identity and a Christian religious identity. Both filled them with great meaning, gave them communities, gave them a sense of purpose. This was true in Europe before World War I. Uh, the average Englishman felt Christian, felt English. That filled them with tremendous meaning, comfort, identity, camaraderie, etc. And it was true all over the world that people were filled with a, a national identity and a religious identity. In the West, beginning with the end of World War I, national and religious identities began a decline. And as they declined, leftism arose. Leftism is predicated on you're not having either a national or a religious identity. That is, that, this is not an attack. It's not even a criticism. I think it's awful, but it's not a criticism. It's a, it's, a, it's a factual description. And, and now the worst part. <clears throat> In America and other parts of the Western world, with the decline of a national identity and a religious identity, we now have the most primitive identities supplanting them, replacing them. Race, gender, class. That's the trinity of the left, right? Christianity has a trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, the um, America has a trinity, e pluribus unum in God we trust, and liberty. Uh, uh, there, there, there are trinities that abound. The French Revolution had its trinity of liberty, equality, fraternity, and Judaism has its, uh, its if you will, a trinity, God, Torah, Israel. It's, it's fascinating how uh, things are so often based on, on a, on a three-value thing. Leftism as race, gender, class. So what has happened is you, you are the, an American influenced by the left, which is almost any American who goes to school, or watches the media, or, or, or listens to the news, is going to be told your primary identity, if you're black, your primary identity is black. That's astonishing to me. That's, that is literally racism, and that's pure. If I told you my identity was white, you would correctly assume I'm a racist. Why, if your identity as a black is primarily black, are you not a racist? No one has answered that question. I have posed it since I was a kid. If your identity is based on race, you're a racist. Period. That's the definition of the term. <laughs> it's a free country. You want to be a racist, be a racist, but don't offer it to me as something noble. This idea that my primary identity is black, my primary identity is, is some ethnicity, some race, 
This is a this is a catastrophe. It's a moral catastrophe. It is primitive. The whole point of America was that you, you we shed racial identity and become a people called the American people. And that should be true in any country. They call it progressive. Do you know how sick that is? It makes the word progressive perverse. It's regressive in the extreme to say that race is important. Then it's a fraud anyway. Why, why is Barack Obama black and not white? He's half white, he's half black. Why is he called a black? Why isn't he called a white black? Or a black white? So it's not even true. It's, it's, it's a phony claim. It's not important. It is astonishing that it's conservatives who were saying race is not important and the so-called progressives are telling us it's important. And we're called the racist. That's it shows you how sick it is. We say it's unimportant, we're called racist. The people who say race is important, they're anti-racist. <laughs> I, I, I remember this when I was a kid, when, when uh, the phrase was arose, black is beautiful. Why is black beautiful? White isn't beautiful. Yellow isn't beautiful. Red isn't beautiful. Beautiful humans are beautiful. Good people are beautiful. Kind people are beautiful. Just people are beautiful. Black people are beautiful? What kind, of, what kind of statement is that? It's the same as white people are beautiful. There were white Nazis and there were white anti-Nazis. There were black racists and there were black giants, black moral giants. <laughs> so my point, back to the original point is, people need identity. It's not enough to be, I'm a human. I'm a human means nothing. You might as well say I'm a biological uh, organism. It doesn't mean anything. I'm a living creature. I'm an earthling. It, it, it doesn't fill you with any, any joy, any meaning, any purpose. I'm a human. Great. So, and what does that mean? It means nothing. It's a biological statement. That's all it is. So people filled their lives with national and religious meanings. Could they be perverted? Of course they could be perverted. There's good nationalism and bad nationalism. There's good religion, there's bad religion. I fully acknowledge that. By and large, compared to the world, not compared to utopia, America did pretty good, pretty well, if you will, with its combination of an American identity and a, and a religious identity for the overwhelming majority of Americans. It, it was Christian, which I, 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 by the way, celebrate. That's the irony. You know who doesn't don't celebrate religious Christians in America? The, the non-religious. Religious Jews celebrate religious Christians. Religious Christians celebrate religious Jews. The non-religious don't celebrate religious Jews or religious Christians. Be like me. Empty, devoid of any of this nonsense called religion. Oh, I don't believe in religion. I believe in race. Wow, you're, that's really impressive, fella. <laughs> You've come a long way. By the way, it proves you don't believe in religion. If you believe in race, you can't be a good Christian or a good Jew. That's exactly the point. Because God created the human being in his image and God has no color. God doesn't celebrate race. Leftists do. 
racist do? Ooh, might there be a connection between leftism and racism? Of course there is. So that's the reason for the attack on nationalism. Oh, nationalism is bad. To celebrate that you're a member of a nation. I remember when I was a kid, I started traveling around the world when I was 20. I I have been abroad every year of my life since I was 20. That's how I got to 130 countries. That's a lot of travel. And I love it. I still love it. I love it like the first time. I just love being in other countries, being with other peoples. And I remember visiting Bulgaria because my field of study was East European and Soviet communism. So I spent a fair amount of time in Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union. And I remember visiting Bulgaria and I was talking to uh, a young woman, needless to say, and uh, I was, because uh, I spoke Russian, so it was easy to get along with Bulgarians. And anyway, to make a long story short, I remember I said, what are you studying? She said, I'm studying Bulgarian history and literature. And I remember thinking, that's great. That's great. At at such an early age, I understood this stuff. And I understood that's healthy. I wanted her to be proud of Bulgaria, and she has reason to be, by the way. And I wanted her to be proud and and know, I never assume that because you love Bulgaria and you love Bulgarian culture and and literature and history, therefore you hate (laughs) non-Bulgarians. There's no connect there, none. But that's what the left thinks. Drop all of these identities. We're all Europeans. What does that mean? What does a Spaniard and a Bulgarian have in common? A nice, an Icelandic and, and, a, and, a, and a Ukrainian. Uh, give me a break. Hey, Europe, hey, Europe. All of this is a power. It's a power thing and a death of identity. This death of identity has psychological and moral implications, happiness implications in the extreme. I get the chills when I uh, I see or hear the, the U.S. national anthem played. And I want Bulgarians to get the chills when the Bulgarian national anthem is played. That's a great thing. It doesn't mean, we're great, you stink. It never meant that. So you, many of you are young who watch uh, my, uh, my uh, videos and watch the, this fireside chat. You have been deprived of life-filling things, being deprived of a religious identity and a national identity. Many of you watching are not Americans. I have obviously used non-American examples as well, like the Bulgarian one. I want you to celebrate your culture, your national identity. I hope it fills your life with some meaning. And if it doesn't, give it meaning. Every, every, every nation has things to celebrate in its past and things to be ashamed of in its past. That's, that's part of the way it is. It's like families. Do you know any family who hasn't had losers in it? Hmm, I can't think of any. Right? That's just the way it works. Of course not. So... I knew it was really bad when Superman, who was an American hero when I grew up, in his comic strip, in the comic strip of Superman, a few years ago, he stood in front of the United Nations and announced, I'm no longer an American citizen. 
I'm a citizen of the world. Because Superman was founded by liberals, and it is now written by leftists. The liberals who, who started Superman loved America. Leftists don't. Okay, that's the identity issue. Okay, thank you, Megan. By the way, I know many of you were missing Otto the Bulldog. So am I. Otto the Bulldog had a big-time surgery. I know, I saw the bill. And uh, it was, he has, uh, he has now some, what did my wife say? He has uh, some, um, like, uh, staples or something in his knee. The poor thing, I can't explain to him. Uh, that's one of the troubles when you're, uh, when you're uh, a dog. It's very hard to explain to you things, like, you'll be fine in eight weeks. That is very helpful to the convalescing human and of very little consequence to a dog. So you see, the, you know, you may think, oh boy, a dog's life, it's good. they're well fed and they're taken care of and they're walked and we give them water and we pet them every time they show up, but they don't have self-awareness like we do. And that comes with a big price. That's the Garden of Eden story. Do you want to be fully human and self-aware? Then you're going to also have pain. But I'll take the pain. Or as the Talmudic statement goes, I'll take, I want the honey, I'll take the sting. That's how it works, life. There's no honey without stings. That, by the way, is called wisdom, W-I-Z-D-O-M. Just kidding. And for Canadians, W-Y-Z-D-O-M. Actually, it's W-Y-S. It comes from wise, and that's what you don't get now. I got a lot of it. I went to a religious school. All righty, your questions. What is this? Misael? M-I-S-A-E-L. 16 years old, San Jose, California. A very requested Prager Force question. Did you add that fact? You mean a lot of them are asking this? How can I find courage to challenge a teacher's leftist views? I actually have a, 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 an audio tape of a speech I gave about a year ago. How to develop courage. It's available at the Prager store. I know I sound like I'm an ad, but I, what am I going to say? No, I'm not going to tell you where to get it. <laughs> There's nothing I can do. It's not expensive. I think it's $10. But uh, it, it's very, very worthwhile hearing because without courage, you'll never be happy. You'll, you'll never do good. Courage is the most important thing. Well, there are so many competitors for the title, most important thing, but there's nothing more important than courage. And I have a lot of, a lot of thoughts on de so, uh, developing it. So the, the, the question is not about confronting a leftist teacher. The question is about developing courage. But uh, the best way to develop courage is to act as if you're courageous. I got to do uh, one of these chats on the as if. Act as if is one of the great suggestions I could ever give you. Act, act as if you are, and then fill in, 
Act as if you are courageous. Act as if you are kind. Act as if you believe in God. Don't wait for it. Courage doesn't drop on you. Faith doesn't drop on you. Goodness doesn't drop on you. Act as if you are X, you'll be X. The way to confront a left-wing teacher is to confront a left-wing teacher. And if you get a bad grade, so you may end up in a less prestigious graduate school. So what? You're going to trade in courage for a prestigious graduate school? That's what people do. And I understand it. I wouldn't. One of the reasons I've been happy. I've marched to the drummer uh, that I thought God wanted me to, to, uh, to march by and let the chips fall where they may. Now, you have to do it smart. You can't get up and say, teacher, you're an idiot. That, that, that's, and that would be wrong. It, it would be wrong on, on every account. It's wrong tactically and it's wrong morally. Say, with all respect, you begin that way, with truly all respect. I just And do another thing. This is, this is uh, so I'm answering now specific to the left-wing teacher. Rather than argue, do what I do on the radio a great deal. And you should all know, you could probably hear me in whatever city you are, and certainly can hear me on the internet every day, three hours. It's a lot of, a lot of time I, I talk about all these issues. And what, I have a motto on my show, I prefer clarity to agreement. Very often, when people differ with me, either guests or people calling in, I don't argue. And I tell them, I'm not here to, to change your mind. I just want to establish where we differ. Okay? So that's, you know, the teacher says that the, the country, uh, so the country is racist, white privilege, and so on. So you say, I just want... Uh, uh, whoever, professor, doctor, whatever, their first name, whatever they're called by. So I want to just understand your, your perspective. Do you believe that the greatest problem confronting the, uh, black America or the black community is white racism? That's it. And, and you say, so, and, and how does that affect the 75 to 80% out of a wedlock birth rate? Because we all know you really do start out life at a disadvantage. Barack Obama said this. Get the Barack Obama quote. Quote Barack Obama. That, that, then you're shielded from charges of racism. Uh, about how much uh, it works against you not to have a father uh, in your life. Now, if your father died or, you know, uh, you know, if your father died, he could still be in your life, ironically. It's when there's no father to begin with or abandons you or the mother takes you away from the, that's when the issues arise or when there's you know none to start with but uh i don't believe that the greatest problem confronting blacks in america is white racism i don't think it's in the top 10 values are everything but the black family was far stronger when there was more racism in america how how does how, that would be a great question to pose I'm sorry, but I'm looking at the statistics here. In the 1930s, the out-of-wedlock birth rate for blacks was actually less than whites. That's how cohesive the black family was. In, in Jim Crow, um, racist, uh, much more racist America. So what happened exactly? Or whatever the issue might be, with the t clarify the difference. But uh, 
at, at a given point, you just have to say, I will do the courageous thing even though I'm not courageous. See, remember, 95% of people with courage have fears. It's not... The, 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 the people who fought at Normandy Beach had courage, but they all feared what was going to happen on Normandy Beach. Every one of us with courage has fears. You, you have to conquer them. They, 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 you don't let them conquer you. What's our time frame? 24. Oh, we're good. Owen, 18, Madison, Wisconsin. Ooh, I'm speaking there shortly. What are some books? But it's a, it's a, I think it's closed. Oh. But I, did, I spoke at the University of Wisconsin-Madison last year. What are some books that every teenage conservative should read? Oh, God, I am in real trouble here. You know why? Because I'm going to recommend my books. And it's it sounds so awful, and I admit it sounds awful, but if you're watching this, you obviously have some interest in my views. So why wouldn't you want to know what they are when they're worked out in a book? It doesn't make sense. I didn't write them for them not to be read. Uh, I uh, Just look me up on Amazon or my books. I have a, a, a fair number but think a second time is 44 essays on 44 subjects and it, it, got, it like everything else in my life it runs across every subject i i for example i have i have an essay a lot of people told me i changed their minds on capital punishment with my essay on capital punishment and i i have one there can a good man go to a strip show i mean i deal with a lot of real issues and i'm very real so uh, that, that book is, is easy reading, as it were. It's 44 essays. The, the, real, uh, the real serious, that's a serious book. They're all serious. But the real, the real deal is still the best hope. Why, uh, why the world needs America's values to triumph. And it is about Americanism, leftism, and Islamism. That will teach you much of what you need to understand about the world in which we live. It's called Still the Best Hope. And I have a book on happiness. Happiness is a, is a, happiness is a conservative issue, believe it or not. You know why? Here, here's the little secret. Happy people aren't leftists. Happy people are not angry at, at the country. Happy people wake up grateful, because it's not possible to be happy if you're not grateful. And the left teaches ingratitude. Ingratitude. It's an astonishing thing. It is a force for ingratitude. I'm not grateful to America. That is the motto of the left. So I have a book on happiness. And of course, my biggest project, which I can't believe uh, how hard it's, it is. It's all hard is my five-volume commentary on the Bible, on the first five books of the Bible. And uh, the second volume, which is Genesis, even though that's the first book of the Bible, is coming out shortly. The first volume was Exodus. It's called The Rational Bible. And I explain and explain and explain the greatest book ever written. If that doesn't change your life, then I have failed. That's how certain I am that if you read it openly, it will do so. Now, obviously, there are other great books. Paul Johnson, 
has written one monumental book after another, the great English historian. And Tom Sowell has written spectacular books. Tom Sowell is one of the most important thinkers of the last generation, and most of you never heard of him, and there's only one reason, because he's black. And the media will not publicize a black conservative intellectual. There is no black leftist intellectual who holds a candle to Tom Sowell. It, it, it's almost a joke. They just talk about American racism. It, it's utterly superficial. Tom Sowell, and Tom Sowell writes occasionally on race matters. He just writes on everything. And he's the best guy to economics. His books, Tom Sowell, S-O-W-E-L-L. And uh, I have a list. Uh, George Gilder is awesome. I mean, and, and you should also read articles as they come out on, on conservative websites. Some really, really fine writing. And I, I have a lot of these conservative authors on. I am not alone. That, that I am happy to say. How much time? What's the story, Morning Glory? 29. Uh, should I take one more? Yeah, why not? Villamil or Villamil in Manila. Yeah, I got a lot of uh, fans in Manila. I'm not kidding. And I love the Philippines. Let me tell you something. Been to 130 countries. I interact with a lot of people in my life. Filipinos are among the friendliest human beings on earth. And I and I both uh, I've been I've been in the Philippines twice, and both there and Filipinos living in America, I feel that. Are there jerks who are Filipinos? Of course, every every nation has jerks. But as a generalized statement, it's it's a very impressively uh, happy, go lucky and friendly a people. I, I'm really a Filipino fan. Anyway, have you ever questioned a specific conservative belief of yours? Are you ready? Here's the answer. I question every belief of mine every day. That is how I maintain a freshness and, and clear thinking on what I talk about. I always question. Always. Uh, hey, you know, you, God in, in, in Genesis changed the name of Jacob to Israel. Right? Israel is the ultimate name of the Jewish people. You know what Israel means? It says so in the Bible. I didn't make this up. In Hebrew, it means struggle with God. It's good to struggle. Life is not meant to be easy. That's, an, that's another uh, topic. As I've often said, I do not want on my tombstone, here lies Dennis Prager. He never experienced pain that is not my uh my outlook on life so uh i do i've i've challenged all of them and uh it it has helped make me stronger it's a good thing to do i I have to challenge them every day i mostly read things i don't agree with so I'm, i'm theoretically being challenged every day just by that i wish people who i wish people on the left read people on the right as much as people on the right read and listen to and study under people on the left it would change the world well then i began with identity give it some thought please if this is this been important to you let others know about this that way you too can be an influence for good in life 
All right, I'm Dennis Prager. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for watching. If you'd like to keep these fireside chats free, please do by donating to PragerU.